Relevant Radio is listener-supported radio. Give from the heart. Give from the heart. To the radio station that supports you heart and soul. This is the Relevant Radio Winter Pledge Drive. Give from the heart. Wake up, America. It's Tuesday, February 7th. Good morning and welcome back to the final hour of Morning Air as we continue here with day two of our Relevant Radio Give from the Heart Winter Pledge Drive. I'm John Morales, along with Glenn Leverins and our studio producer, Sarah Tafoya. Thanks so much for joining us across America and beyond here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio. Thank you. I want to say uh, thank you again. So much appreciate all your generosity uh, from yesterday. It, it was a good start uh, on day one, and we need to uh, keep it going uh, here on this second day. We fell a little short of our goal uh, last hour, but, but we got to keep our eye on the big goal, which is $3 million. That, that's at the end of the week. That's what we need. Um, and uh, keep in mind that everything that you give today will be matched dollar for dollar. We have a goal of 50 gifts here this hour, 50 brothers and sisters in Christ to support the mission of Relevant Radio to bring Christ to the world through the media. The reality is that just only a small number of of you uh, have really uh, contributed to to relevant radio to our to our mission, and when you consider all the the many many folks out there, uh, that's really a, a small number. Uh, let's honor this morning in honor of uh, the feast of Our Lady of Lourdes, our Blessed Mother Mary, who always intercedes for us and always points us to her Son Jesus. This is what it's all about. It's all about our Lord and Savior Jesus. Christ. We start each hour during our pledge drive with the powerful memorari prayer, invoking the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary, to help us with our pledge drive and also to end abortion in our nation. Let us begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn and of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of relevant radio, pray for us. We invoke the Holy Spirit every morning when we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. Jesus, I trust in you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Want to bring in Glenn and Sarah? Great start yesterday. Um, we need some help here uh, this morning, uh, but uh, we need to keep it going here on day two of our pledge drive, guys. Hey, you certainly do. Inviting folks to call 877 291 or online, relevantradio.com, or on the mobile app. Everything matched once again this hour. Let's keep that. First day momentum going here on day number two. News headlines here on, on day number two. The death toll now in Turkey and Syria combined up to about 5,000, a little more, 1,600 of that in Syria. The rest in, in Turkey. The U.S. is sending help, rescue units on their way. A couple of 70 
man and woman units with search dogs will be there, according to the U.S. ambassador. And uh, the uh, death toll could increase with some 20,000 said to be injured from that 7.8 quake and another aftershock at 7.5 as well happening Sunday night. Elsewhere, it's the State of the Union tonight. Congress will be packed. Hearing from President Biden, among those in the audience, the parents of Tyree Nichols, a young man who was beaten to death at the hands of cops in uh, in Memphis recently. Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee slated to give the Republican response tonight, John. It'll be interesting to see uh, what the president has to say tonight to our nation, uh, especially when and so many folks are uh, concerned uh, with, with inflation and gas prices and the cost of eggs. Uh, I'll be definitely uh, tuning in to see what he says. Uh, meanwhile, last night was uh, Super Bowl media night uh, as the Eagles and the Chiefs uh, get ready for Super Bowl 57. And I'd have to say that the star of the show was uh, mom Donna Kelsey, um, who uh, bought some cookies uh, to her two sons, Jason and uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, as heard on ESPN. Mom, you're bringing in these cookies. You've probably been cooking these cookies forever for these guys. Talk to me about this. Watching your boys on both sides, do you have a plan for the guy that wins? And what kind of plan for you, do you have for the guy that comes up a little short? The plan is is to scream really loud every time somebody has a ball. Because both of the boys are on offense. Well, I mean, it seems like she already has her plan in place, and that's to bring cookies before and after the game. <laughs> so she's been cooking them up, and, man, she's got nice Tupperware. So I don't know. I want to know where she's getting this Tupperware because it's doing a good job. Well, ever, just like any good mother, lots of Tupperware, lots of cookies. Oh, she sounds great. Uh, it's a great moment. Uh, I loved her uh, dual uniform uh, with uh, uh, both uh, the, the Chiefs and the Eagles, half and half, a uh, custom designer uniform that she wore. You know, Sarah, you mentioned bringing cookies before or after the game, but uh, what about during the game? I remember back in a, in a great season, 1998, I believe it was the, the Vikings punter and kickoff guy, Mitch Berger, would hide a Snickers bar in his shoe on the sideline, and he'd have a little snack during the game. So right. maybe cookies during the game will make the difference. Yeah, we'll, maybe, well, you know, I guess everyone has their own little ritual. So I don't know. Maybe she's already been trying to make cookies for them for their games throughout the year. Maybe that's why they're here in the Super Bowl. Maybe that's the secret. <laughs> we don't know what's in those cookies. But you know what? I think the recipe would be great if she had a little recipe book for that. Because especially uh, for <laughs> if that's part of the secret ingredient to the game. You never know. Great uh, moment uh, for uh, mom Donna Kelsey last night and her two sons. Just one of the many storylines as everybody is uh, looking forward to the the big uh, Super Bowl 57 this coming Sunday between the the Eagles and the Chiefs. And uh, we are going to talk about it uh, here on the show because, as I've been saying, this is our Super Bowl week uh, during the Pledge Drive here on Relevant Radio. As always, uh, Glenn and Sarah, thanks so much. Hey, sure thing, John. We're going to take a short break when Morning Air continues. Uh, Catholic evangelist Martha Fernandez Sardina, the founder of RememberYouAreLoved.com, will join us uh, to talk about safeguarding our faith, hope, and love, especially when tragedy strikes. So stay with us. There's much more to come here on Morning Air after a word from our Relevant Radio CEO, Father Rocky. Jump into the conversation. Call 888-914-9149. This is Morning Air. 
And welcome back to the final hour of Morning Air here on day two of our Relevant Radio Give From the Heart winner, Pledge Drive. I'm John Morales, along with Glenn and Sarah. Thanks so much uh, for joining us. Always a joy to be with you here on this Tuesday morning. It's a big week for us, and so much appreciate uh, all of you that have opened your heart, that have given from the heart, uh, especially the last hour. Really do appreciate it. We need to keep it going here this morning. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Morning Air Show, and you can always send us an email with your thoughts, morningair at relevantradio.com. And now let's talk about love. You've probably heard the saying, it's easier said than done. Uh, that can be true when it comes to exercising our faith, hope, and love, especially when the going gets tough and we face some serious trials that test us to the very core. So what can we do to ensure we don't lose but safeguard our faith, hope, and love, especially during tough times? Our resident loveologist and faith-filled, hope-anchored, love-driven evangelist Martha Fernandez-Sardina will share some thoughts about how to go about safeguarding our faith, hope, and love when tragedy strikes. Martha's an international bilingual speaker, the former director of evangelization for the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. and San Antonio. She's also the founder of Remember. YouMemberYouAreLoved.com. Good morning, my sister Martha. Thanks so much uh, for joining us. It's great to be with you here on day two of our Give from the Heart Pledge Drive. Good morning. Great to be with you. Uh, Martha, you know all about things of the heart. Uh, first of all, why is it important to support our mission uh, of Relevant Radio, of bringing faith, hope, and love to the world more than ever before? Because precisely the programming and the prayers that we hear on Catholic radio, they build us up. They fortify our faith, our hope and our love, our faith in God, our hope in his promises and our love for our neighbor and uh, for God, of course, and even for our enemies. And whether it's a show like this one, John, the morning air show or in a segment like this one every Tuesday uh, where we remind people about love. Uh, or whether it's another uh, show, people are built up in their faith and their uh, faith life is enriched and they're prepared for combat. In fact, I received a, a message from a bilingual listener from Indiana uh, last week after my uh, Remember You Are Love segment here with you. And she was interested in what I shared on air and what I share off air, you know, my love wear, the t-shirts, wristbands, talks, etc. And so I asked her, how did you hear about me and my love outreach? Was it on air? And she said, yes. I hear you on Relevant Radio, and listen to this. She said, I live to listen to Patrick Madrid show and to you too. So uh, she said, you sound very passionate and confident about your faith and your values as a Catholic. We need more like you. I want to be like you. And I was very touched. It's very sweet, very funny. Uh, but I thought there's a bunch of people who are listening to Relevant Radio right now, and that's exactly what we do, whether we're hosts like you or regular guests like myself, Day in, day out, week after week, all year round, we help listeners become more passionate, more confident about their faith and values as a Catholic. That's possible because of listeners like you, listeners who support with prayers and donations. So thank you for supporting the Winter Pledge Drive today. And uh, while we're mentioning our friend Patrick Madrid, happy anniversary to Pat and Nancy. You are a fine example of what it means to live a passionate and confident life of faith and Catholic values. So give during this pledge drive. It's important, and we're here to serve you. 
Well, Martha, a special uh, uh, congrats uh, to my uh, partner, Patrick Madrid, uh, and his wife, Nancy. And, uh, and thank you to you for everything that you do uh, to really enlighten and inspire and educate our listeners week in and week out. Now, uh, talking about uh, safeguarding faith, hope, and love when tragedy strikes, can you talk about why faith, hope, and love are put to the test, especially during trials and uh, during tragedy, uh, during these tough times? Yes, you know, you and I have been talking about faith, hope, and love over the last three weeks, and it dawned on me that it's easier said than done, especially when tragedy strikes. And there was a tragedy here in town with some uh, family that I know, and so it, it got me thinking. Um, well, what happens is our vision becomes clouded in the midst of trials. Our sense of reality is threatened. Um, what we thought was safe and secure suddenly isn't anymore. When tragedy strikes, it seems that we are tempted to lose our grasp and our grip on things and the, the ground beneath our feet is shaken uh, figuratively or, or literally um, at, in the midst of a real shaking like an earthquake or tremors. Many people literally cry out to God in prayer. Uh, that happened uh, last week. There was a radio host in the Dominican Republic which registered a 5.6 magnitude earthquake and he instinctively in the middle of the shaking he started crying out, Perdónanos, Señor, three times, forgive us, Lord. And then he started praying real fast, the Our Father, Our Father, heart in heaven. And then he turned to the co-host or, or the guest he had there. He said, Vámonos, vamos a salir, Octavio, let's get out of here. And they left the studio. And, and the video is kind of, uh, the video clip is kind of funny to watch, but it's not funny when you're living that. And his anguish is palpable and it was real. And the danger was too. So when we're in anguish because our world has been turned upside down or the ground beneath our feet is quaking because of a tragedy in our lives, uh, many of us do cry out to God with faith, believing that he can save us, with hope, hoping that he will save us, and with love for the God who loves us, lovingly entrusting ourselves to his providence and his will. But some of us don't. Some of us don't cry out to God in moments of shaking and of tragedy. Some of us shout at God. We blame God for not protecting uh, us or our loved ones. And so in the midst of great pain and sudden or prolonged suffering, some of us become bitter and not better at believing, hoping, and loving. And that in itself is a tragedy. Martha, it's it's really unbelievable. Uh, obviously, I had not heard about um, that uh, uh, earthquake in the Dominican Republic, but what a reaction now. Uh, not everybody reacts that way, you know, crying out, uh, uh, shouting out to the Lord. Some people actually uh, shout at the Lord when uh, things go tough. Yes, and the reason why we do that is because, as I like to say, pain is painful because hurt hurts when you're hurting and when you've been hurt, you're, you're hurting. And so uh, oftentimes it happens also because we haven't cultivated our faith, our hope, and our love. And so when tragedy comes our way, we might find ourselves ill-equipped and not find within us what we need most to come out victorious from, from, the, from the pain and the suffering and the tragedy. And a lot of times, uh, you know, suffering just isn't easy for most of us, uh, especially not at first when we don't understand why, why many times people shout out, why would such a loving God let this happen to me or let innocent suffering uh, happen, innocent people suffer, right? Uh, suffering happen to innocent people. And, and that's that old age uh, question of the problem of pain, the enigma of evil. And, and they ask themselves, why would a good God allow evil? And uh, uh, why do bad things happen to good people, right? 
That's the question a lot of times people ask themselves. And it has everything to do with free will and with the consequences of both original sin and personal sin and with the ongoing spiritual battle, the real battle between good and evil that we're in between Satan and God and God's children. So the truth is that when our earth quakes and we're struck by tragedy and our vision becomes clouded, that's when we need our faith, hope, and love more than ever before. And that's when it's tested more than ever before. And it's precisely it's when it's tested that we have to have a spiritual perspective and understand uh, the the teaching that so many folks just aren't aware of, uh, that suffering for us as Catholics is redemptive. We can unite our sufferings to those of our Lord Jesus Christ, no matter how difficult the situation, He uh, never abandons us. Absolutely. And when we unite our pain to the pain of the cross, even if we don't fully understand why, the why, we need to know the who, the who is behind our lives, who can catch us in his arms when we feel like we're falling and everything is falling apart. And we can unite our prayer to the Lord's prayer uh, and unite our pain to the Lord's pain. And we can unite our cross to the Lord's cross. And it does become redemptive, even for those who have caused this pain. So, Martha, what can we do uh, to uh, safeguard our faith, hope, and love um, in these difficult times, in tragedy, and and make sure that we don't lose our faith? Well, it's going to sound redundant, but exercise your faith, hope, and, and, and love in the midst of tragedy. Do it more so than ever. In other words, that's the moment for us to confirm and to affirm that we believe, that we hope, that we love God. That's when we should say a big, I do. We must make a profession of faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, even if everything seems profoundly confusing and unfair. That's the time to make a profession of faith and say, Jesus, I trust in you, even if everything seems uh, senseless and painfully devastating. And that's the time to make a profession of of uh, love. Lord, you know that I love you, even if everything seems raw and numbing. Precisely when everything quakes around us and within us, that's when we should run to Jesus and not run away from Jesus. Uh, like Jesus himself, who ran to and not away from his father when he hung on the cross, even as he cried out, Father, why have you abandoned me? He did not shout at God. He did not curse his father and his situation, but rather placed himself in his father's hands. And after he prayed that Psalm 22, he actually then said, Father, into your hands, I commend my spirit. So Jesus was full of faith, hope, and love, and we need to follow him who is our model, our brother, our savior, our Lord, and not turn away from God, but turn to God in faith, hope, and love. And we have to uh, keep praying, Jesus, I trust in you, even if our faith feels weak, if we don't feel that strong. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The weaker we are, the more we need to lean on the Lord. The less we understand, the more we need to lean on he who is wisdom. The weaker we are, the more need we have to profess our faith, hope, and love and not give it up. Safeguard it as if your life depended on it because it actually might. Do not let the Lord uh, out of your life, but rather hold on tight, tighter, 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 the worse it gets around you. As always, uh, Martha, really appreciate uh, your perspective. This is a a big topic and you, you break it down and make it very, very understanding. Well, thank you, and God bless you, and remember, you are loved. And so are you. Martha Fernandez-Sardina, the founder of RememberYouAreLoved.com. 
We need to take a short break. When Morning Air continues, Catholic and pro-life attorney Mary Helen Fiorito will tell us about the USCCB president responding to President Biden, how Catholic bishops will work as one body to end abortion. So stay with us as uh, our Give from the Heart Winter Pledge Drive continues. This is the Relevant Radio Winter Pledge Drive. Give from the heart. Give from the heart. And welcome back to Morning Air as we continue here with the second day of our Relevant Radio Give from the Heart Winter Pledge Drive, our first pledge drive of 2023. I'm John Morales along with Glenn and Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us here on this Tuesday morning on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Thank you again for all of your generosity so far this morning and uh, and yesterday as well. If you still haven't had a, a chance to support the mission of Relevant Radio, this is the hour. We need your help. As Glenn just mentioned, uh, we are looking for 50 gifts here this hour, which is really not a whole lot when you consider all the folks that are listening to us uh, this morning. Our power scripture from the Playbook of Life is from John 2.5. The beloved disciple, St. John, writes, His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Our Blessed Mother Mary's mission is the same today as it was 2,000 years ago. She points us to her son, Jesus the Lord. Mary said to the servants at the wedding feast of Cana, Do whatever he tells you. That is, do whatever Jesus is telling you to do in your heart. It's all about following Christ from the heart every day of our life. We always pray with great confidence that prayer from the Chapel of Divine Mercy that we hear our good friend Drew Mariani pray every single day. Jesus, I trust in you. A number of you want to be part of the program, 888-914-9149. Now, last week, President Biden responded to an EWTN reporter's question claiming that not all of the U.S. Catholic bishops and even the Pope were supportive of a move to ban taxpayer funds for abortion. Listen to the audio. I got to tell you, it's a little bit hard to hear with all the background noise. It sounds like the, the presidential helicopter. The reporter started to ask the question about the Catholic bishops uh, demanding the federal tax dollars uh, uh, and not abortions, and he got cut off. He didn't even get a chance to, to finish his question, and he said, no, they are not all doing that. Uh, and then uh, and he asked about the Catholic bishops, and uh, uh, no was Mr. Biden's answer. Uh, the, the, uh, and then tried to ask the question about the uh, federal tax, and nor is the Pope doing that. So we're going to break the, those comments open. They were short, but they speak volumes. Joining us live uh, from the Chicago area is is our regular contributor, Mary Helen Fiorito, to talk about the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops Presidents respond to President Biden's false claims. Mary is an attorney, public speaker, and commentator on issues involving Catholic Church teachings, administration, and religious freedom. She holds the position of the Cardinal Francis George Fellow at both the Ethics and Public Policy Center and the De Nicola Center for Ethics and Culture at the University of Notre Dame. Good morning, Mary. Thanks so much for joining us. Great to be with you once again. Uh, we are here uh, day two of our pledge drive. And uh, I, I've been saying uh, these last couple of days that this is our Super Bowl week. 
Oh, yes, John. And I do hope listeners will answer your challenge to donate to Relevant Radio and to help keep it on the air. My husband and I are donors ourselves, and we have gained so much as a couple and as a family from listening to Relevant Radio over the years. It is such a gift, and it's a gift that's brought to you by you. So people have to, you know, this this doesn't happen out of thin air. And so I would really encourage your listeners, please, if you want to keep authentically Catholic programming on your radio airwaves, please give to Relevant Radio. Well, Mary, you do such a fantastic job week in and week out uh, talking about religious liberty, about the pro-life issues. Uh, Why do you think it's so important to support uh, this mission of Relevant Radio, especially here in this post-Roe America more than ever before? Well, my goodness, if you only listened to the secular media, think of what you might believe um, if you didn't have an alternative source giving you a truthful Catholic perspective. For example, I mean, we talked about this multiple times after Dobbs, um, this this notion now that the pro-abortion side is putting out that somehow ectopic pregnancy treatment is abortion and that ectopic pregnancy treatment is going to be banned when Catholic hospitals have always treated ectopic pregnancies. And they're not abortions and they're not a choice. They are a necessary medical procedure, which is why Catholic hospitals do them and abortion clinics don't. Um, but think, if, if you didn't have that perspective brought to you clearly and you know with evidence shown to you, you might think that, oh my goodness, if I have an ectopic pregnancy now, I'm going to have to die because that's an abortion. I mean, that's just a small example of some of the lies that are put out by the other side, and they have to be countered with the truth. And it's outlets like Relevant Radio that make that possible, you know, for the average American, particularly the average Catholic American, to understand what the church teaches and what is actually going on um, in terms of the law and public policy and the truth. And uh, we try to bring the truth. In fact, when we have to bring in a little politics, we're, we're not looking to attack the president per se. We're just pointing out when, when he is misguided, when he's not acting uh, as a, a Catholic president, like uh, example, like the audio that we just uh, played. I want to get your take on that little give and take with the EWTN reporter. Oh, yeah, it was. Um, I mean, my, my jaw just dropped. Now, he has he has misstated things before. He is a much older gentleman, you know, uh, and that may have, you know, affected his understanding of this issue. But when the bishops speak as a conference, and particularly when they speak on issues, you know, that are not negotiable, like abortion, um, they're speaking as a body. And for him to imply that not all the bishops oppose tax fu- taxpayer-funded abortions, and that the Pope himself doesn't oppose taxpayer-funded abortions, which is essentially what he was saying. I mean, that is that does a tremendous disservice, not just to his fellow Catholics, but to all Americans who now somehow think that the that the Holy Father himself has given Joe Biden some kind of secret permission to support publicly funded abortions, and that the, you know the church might oppose abortions in other contexts, but for people who are poor and and are on Medicaid, well, no, we really want abortions for those people. It's sort of a nod, nod, wink, wink thing, right? But, you know, the president of the, of the bishop's conference, Archbishop Rolio, had to release a statement. And I'm sure the bishop's conference doesn't like to do this and wouldn't do it lightly. But, you know, he had to say the Catholic bishops of the United States are united in our commitment to life and will continue to work as one to make abortion unthinkable. So the fact that they had to put out a statement to correct the president, um, I, it says a lot and and does show that that uh, unfortunately um, President Biden was very much misinformed when he made that statement. 
Well, we're going to continue to, to talk about uh, the bishops' response, what some of the other bishops have been saying, and uh, and why the bishops have been so strong uh, about this issue of life, uh, about abortion, calling it the preeminent issue of our time. We need to take uh, a short break. I want to invite our listeners, if you want to join the conversation, you have a question or comment for Morning Air contributor and pro-life attorney Mary Helen Fiorito, uh, you can give us a call, 888-914-9149. We're going to take a short time out as we get continue our discussion with uh, Mary. Stay with us. There's more to come on the other side after this relevant radio miracle moment. Changing lives in your neighborhood and across the nation. Here's another relevant radio miracle moment. Another person says, I wrote to you about my grandson. I uh, told you that he had a soft spot that had closed too soon and he might have to have skull surgery. Maggie was kind enough to read it on the air on Friday. Remember this one, Maggie? She says that he was referred to a neurosurgeon. He had an appointment. She took one look at him and said he's perfectly fine. So we just want to say, praise God, that soft spot was closed, but his skull uh, development was normal. No surgery is necessary. I knew when I heard Maggie read my email that the power of this prayer and the thousands of prayer warriors that were listening, that God was so good that he'd answer my request. I love you guys. Oh, my God. Thanks from the bottom of my heart. Sure. This miracle moment was brought to you by you. Make a tax-deductible donation now to support our mission at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. Bringing the light of Christ to start your day. It's Morning Air with John Morales, Sarah Tafoya, and Glenn Leverett on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. And welcome back to Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm John Morales. Uh, thanks for tuning in as uh, we are continuing our conversation with Morning Air contributor Mary Helen Fiorito, attorney and pro-life uh, contributor here on the show. Uh, week in and week out, we talk about uh, life and religious freedom and so many other things. Uh, Mary, I want to talk about uh, the bishops, uh, the U.S. bishops who in recent years have called abortion the preeminent issue of our time. Uh, how are all the bishops uh, united against uh, this evil of abortion? Well, in, in a variety of different ways, um, the, the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops has a wonderful office of pro-life activities, which is responsible for responding to things like, you know, the legislation that's being introduced federally. But they're also responsible for a terrific program um, that was thought of well in advance of being overturned, and that's called Walking with Women in Need. And it helps, um, you know, parishes and local churches and local uh, archdioceses and dioceses to assist moms um, by providing the services and the the things that they need in order to choose life for their unborn children. So it's a very holistic approach to the pro-life issue. Um, You know, I know that sometimes people will say, well, why are the bishops involved in politics? Well, because legislation affects our daily lives, right? And so the the particular bill that the EWTN uh, reporter was asking about um, was a bill that deals with public funding of abortion. And so public funding of abortion, which is done, um, which is prohibited through something called the Hyde Amendment. Um, The Hyde Amendment uh, prohibits, rather, federal funding for abortion through Medicaid, um, except in cases of uh, rape and incest and life of the mother. And uh, that has to be renewed every couple of years because it's in a spending bill. So 
what the Congress is trying to do now is to make that um, a permanent thing through particular uh, federal legislation. And the bishops, of course, are very supportive of that, as are a supermajority of Americans, something like in the 75 percent range of Americans oppose public tax dollars being used for abortions. So it's not just what you know the U.S. Catholic bishops think, but it's also what the majority of Americans think, that tax dollars shouldn't be used for what are, what are called elective procedures. So a woman has to choose to have an abortion. It is not a necessary medical procedure. Um, and, you know, we don't pay for any other kind of elective procedures. We don't pay for, you know, plastic surgery or other things that people choose to do. We pay for necessary medical procedures. And when we use medical dollars, first of all, you, you violate the conscience of hundreds of millions of Americans who don't believe that abortion is a legitimate health care uh, solution, um, you know, to, to an unplanned pregnancy. I mean, most Americans, um, even even during the time of Roe, really believe that when you ask them the, the kind of nitty gritty questions like, well, what time in pregnancy do you believe abortion should be legal? Many Americans will say, yeah, abortion should be legal, but it shouldn't be legal after six weeks or 12 weeks. So you had a lot of Americans who were really uncomfortable with the previous abortion regime under Roe, which was all nine months for any reasons. But you know, they are particularly opposed to publicly funded abortions. And interestingly enough, people who are poor, people who live at or below the poverty line, they tend to be even more opposed to publicly funded abortions. And some, you know, uh, pro-life people of color actually calling it out and saying, no, this is racism. Why, why is it that we're always, you know, addressing the, the problems of the poor, particularly poor women of color, by saying, oh, well, you need to have an abortion. That's the only solution for you. So um, there have been a, uh, Dr. Monique Chereau, who was a guest on your show last week, I believe, or the week before. Um, she has been very outspoken about that. Like, this is the only solution you have for black women is you need to have an abortion. Well, Mary, um, Archbishop Brolio, the president of the USCCB, um, was pretty strong about uh, what the Catholic Church really teaches uh, regarding human life. Yes. And, you know, he and he also uh, referenced the Holy Father, who has not minced any words when talking about abortion. I mean, the Pope has routinely called abortion like hiring a hitman to solve a problem. And, you know, he says the care for the unborn child has to be part of any response that the church has to poverty that and and has very clearly said that the solution to poverty is not to make sure that poor people never get born to begin with right and he said is it right to take out a life to solve a problem this is why the church is so strict on the issue because accepting abortion is like accepting daily murder now that's those are pretty strong words from the holy father so how president biden could somehow get it into his head that the pope supports publicly funded abortions i just i just can't follow his thought process there well, Mary, we, we've talked about so many of these uh, issues uh, regarding life uh, ever since Roe v. Wade uh, was overturned. Do you think that despite uh, the attacks from uh, the mainstream media and the pro-abortion politicians, you still f- feel that life is winning in America? Oh, I do, John. And, you know, as I've said repeatedly, there's a lot of consensus on abortion in this country. It's not where we would want to be as a church, right? We would like to see a, ch- a world where abortion is unthinkable, but there's actually a lot of consensus. You have a majority of Americans saying maybe six weeks and a super majority of Americans wanting abortion to be legal until about 12 weeks, which is where most of Western Europe is. 
again, not where we are morally, but that's certainly better than abortion for all nine months for any reason, which is what the law is in states like Illinois and New York and California. Um, So I think what we need to do is really focus on that consensus, make Americans uh, who live in very abortion free states, you know, aware of how extreme their abortion laws are. And I think, you know, you present them with the science, you present them with the facts, and then most Americans will say, no, we need to we need to build off the consensus that's present in this country. And there is a lot of it. Well, Mary, as always, I so much appreciate your uh, clarity with charity uh, on uh, these important issues. Uh, Thanks so much for being with us. Oh, it's been my pleasure. And everyone, please do your best to make a donation to Relevant Radio this week. God bless you. Mary Helen Fiorito, now it's time for another episode of Glenn Story Corner. Our story today is called Wealth in a Cup. They huddled inside the storm door, two children in ragged, outgrown coats. Any old papers, lady? I was busy. I wanted to say so till I looked down at their feet. Thin little sandals, sopped with sleet. Come in and I'll make you a cup of hot cocoa, I said. There was no conversation. Their soggy sandals left marks upon the hearthstone. Cocoa and toast with jam would fortify against the chill outside. I went back and started again on my household budget. The silence in the front room struck me. I looked in. The girl held her empty cup in her hand, looking at it. The boy asked in a flat voice, Lady, are you rich? Am I rich? Mercy, no. Looked at my shabby slipcovers and worn place in the rug. The girl put her cup in its saucer carefully. Your cups match your saucers, she said. Her voice was old with a hunger that was not of the stomach. They left then, holding their bundles of papers against the wind. They hadn't said thank you. They didn't need to. They had said more than that. Plain blue pottery cups and saucers. But they matched. I tested the potatoes and stirred the gravy. Potatoes and brown gravy. Roof over our heads, my husband with a steady job. These things matched, too. I moved the chairs back from the fire and tidied the living room. The muddy prints of small sandals were still wet on my hearth. I let them be. I wanted them. In case I forget how rich I am. 1 John 3:17. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Powerful message, as always. Thanks so much, Glenn. In this month of February, let's open our hearts and honor the Mother of God and her upcoming Feast of Our Lady of Lourdes by Praying the Family Rosary across America with Father Rocky, 7 p.m. Central tonight and every night of the week here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. As Father Rocky says uh, time and time again, remember the family that prays together stays together. So stay with us. More of the Relevant Radio Give from the Heart Winter Pledge Drive in just a moment. The Patrick Madrid Show will be coming up shortly at the top of the hour. So get ready, folks. Much more to come. <laughs> 